Today's reading is from John chapter 7, beginning at the beginning. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea, so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Therefore Jesus told them, My time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I am not going up to this festival because my time has not yet fully come. After he had said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, Where is he? Among the crowds there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, He is a good man. Others replied, No, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, How did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law, yet not one of you keeps the law? Why are you trying to kill me? You are demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed. Yet, because Moses gave you circumcision, although actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath, so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Let's just take a moment to still our hearts and our minds before we focus on God's word. Father God, we thank you for your word. And we pray that as we think on it today, your Holy Spirit would stir something in us that we might ask questions of ourselves as Jesus did to so many. And may the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, 
O Lord my God. Amen. Hands up and be honest if you've had a bad day recently. Wow. I'm sorry, but we all have bad days from time to time. We often feel down in the dumps. Some days it's just too difficult to go out to face the world. Some days we might just want to hunker down and hide from all that's going on. Some of us might have more days like that than others. Others may feel like that maybe just for an hour or two until a cheerful phone call or something lifts the spirits again. Some of us might be down in the dumps when we see letters come through the letterbox, particularly if it's bills or letters from the NHS, particularly the bill screening ones. You, you just want to hide them away and not have anything to do with them. We're unwilling to face them. I know I'm guilty of that, as I'm sure many of you are. We sometimes struggle to face the music. And on hearing the words of the passage, particularly the start of it, that Kate read to us, we might get a sense of this might just have been how Jesus was feeling. Now, this passage takes place some six months after chapter 6, which you did last week with David. We heard that Jesus, he wouldn't go out and about in Judea. He was happy to stay in the north, in Galilee, but he wouldn't go in Judea because the Jews were likely to kill him. They hated his teaching, and they hated him. Perhaps we can understand his reluctance when we think back to his last visit to Judea, which we looked at a few weeks ago, where there was a confrontation with the Jewish leaders when Jesus, remember, he healed the lame man on the Sabbath. And not only that, We know from the end of chapter 6 that many disciples, many of the followers of Jesus, they abandoned him. They deserted him. And now even his own family were beginning to have doubts about who Jesus was. Jesus had every reason to feel a bit low. However, his brothers... James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, they tried to encourage him to go to this festival so that he could show the world who he was. It really was an attempt at maybe keeping up appearances. But Jesus, he refused to go, knowing that it wasn't yet his time. Jesus was really sensitive to God's timing and prompting. Jesus' brothers felt that he should be going to Jerusalem because they thought this was the place the Messiah should be. He should be making proclamations to the crowds gathering there. He should be making his arrival known. 
Now, with hindsight, we know that this was what was going to happen some six months later as Jesus had the triumphal entry into Jerusalem to cries of Hosanna. But that was not this time. So I'm going to pause for a moment because I'm aware that not everyone will be aware of what the Festival of Tabernacles is. I have to say I had to do a bit of research on it myself. But we only need to look at Leviticus chapter 23 and it explains what it is. Say to the Israelites on the 15th day of the seventh month, the Lord's Festival of Tabernacle begins. And it lasts for seven days. The first day is a sacred assembly. Do no regular work. For seven days, present food offerings to the Lord. And on the eighth day, hold a sacred assembly and present a food offering to the Lord. It is the closing special assembly. Do no regular work. And then if we jump to verse 41, celebrate this as a festival to the Lord for seven days each year. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come, to celebrate it in the seventh month. So this takes place round about September, October. It carries on a bit more, sorry. They have to live in temporary shelters for seven days. All native-born Israelites are to live in such shelters. So your descendants will know that I had Israelites live in temporary shelters when I brought them out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So the Feast of Tabernacles is sometimes referred to, depending on the translation of the Bible you read, as the Festival of Booths or the Festival of Tents. The booths being the small tent-like structures that people would live in during this period. Actually, it's almost like, if you look on the streets of London, people are already camping out for tomorrow in their small little dome tents. Because when thousands of people descend on a city, there's not enough accommodation. So they live in these little um, tent-like structures. But for the Jews, it was symbolic of the years the Israelites spent living in tents after the Exodus. The Festival of Tabernacles is the third of the three pilgrimage festivals tied into the agricultural cycle of Judaism, the others being Passover and Pentecost. It was a celebration and an opportunity to give thanks to God. So our reading has all of this going on in the background. You know, everyone would expect Jesus as a Jew to, you know, all males were, who lived within 20 miles or so of Jerusalem were expected to go up to Jerusalem. They would see the Judaic symbolism and the rituals being enacted. And those things are still enacted today in the Jewish faith. In fact, the Festival of Tabernacles this year begins on the 10th of October. In some ways, it is similar to what we've seen enacted over the last 10 days since the Queen's death. Lots of symbolism, lots of rituals, much of which has been passed down from generation to generation, with a flavouring of new tradition added too. 
Although these days for us are more than mourning, are more mourning than celebration, we have seen the Queen's life celebrated in so many ways. And it will all end with the opportunity to give thanks to God tomorrow morning. Just as the Festival of Tabernacles give thanks to God on the final day. So we come back to the Bible passage. We see that halfway during the week of celebrations, Jesus does turn up at the festival. He slips quietly into town to avoid detection by the Jews who were on the lookout for him. He was headed to his father's house, where he began to teach, much to the bemusement of the Jewish leaders. They were skeptical. But they were amazed that Jesus knew so much, having not undergone the the training, the the years of scholarly, scholarly training under the tutelage of respected rabbis, which many Jewish boys were expected to do. We see an example of that in Acts 22, verse 3, when Paul speaks of his own training under the law of our fathers, under Gamaliel, who was a respected rabbi. So this passed on from generation two. However, the Jewish leaders seem to be focused on what Jesus' authority was to speak. They couldn't understand how he spoke so clearly and concisely. They were really judging Jesus on how things should be. Jesus is quick to point out in verse 16, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. He then adds that in order to understand Jesus' teaching, we, and this carries on today too, we must be willing to abide by God's will. For then we will know that he is seeking to glorify God. It would appear that not everyone knew of the plot to kill Jesus, as some of the crowd think that Jesus is perhaps being a bit paranoid when he asks the question, why are you trying to kill me? This leads Jesus on to challenge them concerning circumcision. Now, circumcision is the right which goes back to Abraham, and it's older than the Mosaic law. Jesus shows them that their own inconsistency in their practice in trying to keep the law, they actually break the law. If a child was eight days old on the Sabbath, because every child who is circumcised, every male child, sorry, is circumcised when he is eight days old. And if that happens to fall on the Sabbath, then they carry on with the circumcision. So if that work of ceremonial cleansing could be performed on the Sabbath, then a work of complete healing of a lame man should also be allowed to be performed. This act that Jesus did, this miracle that he performed, it generated great opposition. Some, uh, from some of the Jewish leadership. But Jesus called out the hypocrisy 
the hypocrisy of this attitude. In verse 24, he says, Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. And perhaps that's where we need to pause. I'm as guilty of judging sometimes by mere appearances instead of looking beneath the surfaces. I'm sure many of us are. So the question here is, where are we being called to judge correctly? Where are we being judged? Where are we being called to judge correctly? This line reminded me of a video clip I saw last year as part of my studies. A new pastor in America was going to start work at a new church. But before he started, he wanted to see what they were really like. I'm so glad I'm relating this story after David has arrived, because who knows what might have happened. But anyway, this new pastor dressed up one Sunday morning as a homeless man with a shopping cart and so on, and sat outside the church. He was unrecognizable. He wanted to see how the congregation would judge him. Because that's what we do when we walk by a homeless person. We judge them. We don't always mean to. A few people walked by and ignored him. Some gave him money. Another brought a cup of tea and a sandwich. And finally, someone invited him and his shopping cart into the church. He went in and he sat down. He obviously wasn't taking the service that day. He waited. And sort of ten minutes in, when they were talking about the new pastor coming, he unveiled himself. He stripped off his clothes of homelessness and revealed himself as the the pastor. This was a congregation he could work with. People who don't judge by mere appearance and who are willing to welcome anyone into God's house. So Jesus is telling the Jewish leaders that they shouldn't judge according to the overall impression that they have of someone that's based on their preconceived notions, but that they should seek the truth in the situation and then from there draw their conclusions based on facts. Therein lies a lesson for all of us. Jesus' words should make us stop, should make us re-examine our hearts so that we don't have to worry about keeping up appearances but only judging rightly or even judging righteously. This chapter carries on for many verses yet and it was in our, mail, our weekly MailChimp but did suggest that you, you read this 
If you haven't, please take a few minutes out of your busy day to pause and reflect on how Jesus continues to instruct and teach and how people still had unbelievable opinions of him despite all the good that he tried to do. Jesus wasn't afraid to upset or challenge people, especially if it helped them to see the truth and live changed lives. We can only hope that we can answer his challenge and that we will live changed lives, helping the homeless, reaching out to those who are suffering, those who are having a dark day, those who want to hide from the world. We all have a responsibility to look out for each other, but not just the people in this place, the people in our communities. Don't judge. Go deeper. Demonstrate Jesus' love. Amen.